0: Hi, this is Dan, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Holy Week. Um, It is Palm Sunday, and this week we will be doing something a little bit different. We'll be uh, releasing episodes every day as we lead up to Easter, because this is a pretty important day for us in our faith And so we're going to spend time this week um, in meditation, in reflection, and um, we know that sometimes it can feel difficult walking into um, holidays. How do we set our mind in the right place and uh, begin to focus on what we want to focus on? And so this week, we are looking at the seven final statements of Jesus on the cross as we head towards Easter and look towards that. As our hope. And so every day, someone's going to be reflecting on a different statement of Jesus um, that he made when he was hanging there on the cross. And so we skip forward all the way to Good Friday, he's hanging on the cross, and he is dying. Um, and then he makes these seven final statements. Um, I'm going to start reading in Luke 23. And I'm going to start um, in verse 32. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him when they came to a place called the Skull. They nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. If he is really God's Messiah, the Chosen One? the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. In that section, um, I'm going to hone in on Jesus' statement there where he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And at this time, he's looking at the soldiers who had, um, hung him, who had nailed him to that cross, and they're gambling for his clothes, and um, he's having compassion on them. And he's saying, hey, like, don't hold this against them, forgive them. Um, it's almost like they're cons- they're committing a sin of ignorance, or um, omission would be the word, where it's like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know that what they're doing is wrong. Like, there's wrong, uh, deceitfully wrong acts, or um, like, commission sins of commission versus sins of omission um, where I don't know what I'm doing or I don't do something um, but commission is where I'm deliberately doing an act and in this it's kind of like they they're doing it because they've been told and Rome loves to make a spectacle of revolutionaries. They love to make a spectacle of people who try to go against them to show their might and their power. And so, Jesus is seeing these soldiers act this out and carry it out, and he's having compassion on them. And he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Those people right there. Because traditionally, when you're hanging on a cross in Jewish culture, it's seen as a curse. And Rome would do this to put people up to discourage revolution. And they would put people up for everyone to see you were fully exposed, you didn't have clothes, um, naked, you couldn't help yourself, you were break, your legs were broken, you were slowly dying. It was a really painful um, form of torture on the cross as you're dying. And these were criminals in the eyes of Rome. Sometimes for the Jewish people, they were heroes because they were trying to fight back, but they were still cursed by God because like, look, why isn't God saving them? Why isn't God doing anything about this? He's not saving his people. And so people would come out to mourn it and they would see the crowds and that's uh, they would see all this going. And yet here we sit with Jesus on the cross and he's looking at everything going around him. He's seeing the soldiers just carry out these orders. And instead of being angry, he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Um, like it was saying, traditionally, when you're the criminal on the cross, um, you you would call out, may my death atone for the sins I've committed. Because you feel that you're cursed, you feel that you're forgotten, you feel that you're left behind, um, you're asking God to say, may this terrible death that I'm about to experience Atone for all the sins and the bad things that I've done, and Jesus instead, he's flipping the table here, and he's saying that um, I'm gonna instead of crying out because I've done nothing wrong, I'm gonna forgive those who are doing something because wrong because they don't know they're doing anything wrong. It's kind of like um, I wonder, you know, Jesus. He's seeming to take this and he's um, displaying our human desire for revenge as weak and um, he's flipping. he's flipping the tables here that um, we think we get justice by giving people what they deserve. and Jesus is saying we get justice by forgiving. Um, because just like the story he told, what I'm what I'm being asked to recognize is the wrong that I've done or the wrong that others have done to me is not as bad and hurtful as the wrong that I have done. Um, And I know, like, when we talk about forgiveness, it can get sticky, because then we want to ask hypotheticals. And um, I'm not here to deal in the hypotheticals. I'm talking about myself, personally. And, um, man, there's been some wrong things done to me. And yet I also recognize I have chosen to hurt people. I've chosen to speak mean words to people. And it's like, the wrong that's been done to me um sometimes feels like $10 compared to the wrong that I've done to others. And I want to genuinely believe that I'm a good person, but like I can see my own heart and my own motivations, and they're not always pure and they're not always right because I have this evil in me that I'm working on. And uh Jesus comes and he's showing us that if you want to stop the cycle of humanity, if you want to stop the cycle of this evil, then start by forgiving forgiving people who have wronged you because they don't know what they're doing they don't know how they're contributing to a uh, more decaying world by pursuing their own justice and their own violence um, and that's these soldiers they're putting Jesus on a cross and the really beautiful thing of it is they think they're ending a revolution and they don't realize that they they <laughs> They think they're ending the revolutionary Jesus, and they don't realize they are ending the revolution of humanity. And as we had been in revolt against God, uh, we're invited through Jesus in this moment to um, end our revolt against God and to uh, step into a new creation, I was in a conversation recently, uh, not in it, I wasn't contributing, I was just sitting in the room listening, and um, a friend of mine had gone on and shared, you know, the story of creation, the fall of humanity, and how um, we're sick, the world is sick, and at the end of that, someone made a statement, Uh, one of the other people in the conversation made a statement where they said, uh, so you're saying that by Jesus' death and resurrection, all of humanity and the earth is healed? And I thought that was a really powerful statement because that's what we believe. Um, That through humanity in the garden, when we chose to revolt against God, we broke the entire cosmos. We broke the earth. We broke us and we started a revolution against God. And Jesus shows up on this earth to uh, restore and to end the revolution. And so, Rome... In this moment, as they are trying to deter revolution and revolutionary through Jesus and hold on to their power, they're actually contributing to their own um, ending, and they're they're contributing to the ending of the revolution of the cosmos and of humanity. And Jesus, I love this because he's sitting and he's saying, "Forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They think they're doing things right, and they're not." And that's where God looks at us with grace and he's like, man, I know you're trying to decide for yourselves what is good and what is bad. Uh, You're trying to use your own knowledge uh, of good and evil and it's not working. And through Jesus's life and his death, he invites us to consider a different way to forgiveness because we know that through forgiveness, life comes that I don't have to hold on to any pain and any hurt anymore. But rather, hope, healing, restoration comes. And I'm not always best friends with the people that have wronged me again. I establish boundaries, but I choose not to hold it against them because I recognize that I've done some really bad things too. And I've caused my own pain and hurt and decay in this world. I've broken my word and things that I said I would hold to, and yet I can come to Jesus, and I can forgive, I can receive His forgiveness because I've received because I've forgiven others. So I want to res- transition us into a time of a forgiveness prayer. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when I worked in uh, traditional church and I was a children's pastor. Um, And other churches, uh, when I was a pastor there, I would see, we would want to start and we would start, you know, talking about forgiveness and we'd want to start with ourselves. And we'd say that you have to forgive yourself. You have to receive God's forgiveness in order to forgive others. And while I understand the heart behind it, I think it's wrong. um, Or I think it's misplaced. Because if we look at the teachings of Jesus and we look at the, you know, the Lord's prayer in the Sermon on the Mount, he actually says, um, forgive us as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And what he's inviting us to recognize is that the way I believe or the way that I can forgive others shows how much willing, how much forgiveness I'm willing to receive. And I don't do anything to deserve the forgiveness, but if I can't forgive others, it means that I don't think I'm worth forgiving. And so as we move into this time, I'm going to start in a different place. And I'm going to start by asking you to think of um, people or systems or places that you're struggling to forgive. And I'm going to start by asking you to be honest. Where do you feel that you've been hurt? Where do you feel that you've been wronged? Where do you struggle to forgive someone and you need help from God? Where is it hard for you to utter, utter Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing? Because we've all been wronged unintentionally by others. Uh, sometimes it's easier for me to have some forgiveness there. It's just like, oh, they didn't know. But um, what about the people that... Uh, I get hurt by that genuinely believe they're doing something right that's where it gets hard and that's where at the same time I'm learning to have grace because if you genuinely believe everyone's just doing the best they can then I can have grace more because like they're just trying their hardest so as we move into this time of forgiveness I invite you to come before Jesus come before God and just share. Who are you struggling to forgive? Or where are you struggling to forgive someone else? If I can't forgive others, I can't receive forgiveness. And now I uh, invite you to take an account as we move towards Easter. Uh, There's beauty at the end of the story. Through Jesus' resurrection, we believe that he is exalted and shown to be the Son of God. And that gives us our healing from our sickness. Um, So where do you need to ask for forgiveness? Where have you made mistakes or feel still in revolution against God. good news for you and I is that through all of this, um, Jesus forgives us because through his death and his resurrection, he has saved us. I love, uh, back in that passage that we read together, um, Luke chapter 23, 32 through, uh, 32 through 38, um, after he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They, they gamble for his clothes. And then the leaders, the religious leaders who would have been there watching, they scoff. And they're like, if he's the son of God, um, let him save himself. Because they, you know, being hung on a tree is like a curse. And it means God doesn't love you. He's left you, all of that stuff. And so they're like, man, if he actually dies up there, this must mean he's not the son of God. What they don't understand, and this is where our faith, um, what we believe, is he did save himself through his death and his willingness to show that violence, revenge, the violence of the empire, the human desperation for power and grasping to make things right and deciding for ourselves what is good and evil instead of trusting God, that to submit ourselves to God and submit ourselves to the brokenness of humanity, we actually find our salvation in Jesus, but he does it and exposes the, the cross and all of evil uh, for the weak thing that it is, for the powerlessness that it is and death that it's powerless through his resurrection. And it's his resurrection that proves that he's the son of God. And it's like, you want to just yell, if you would wait three days, you'd see this. But they expected it all to happen right then. And I don't know if you know this, um, to kind of relate this back to what we've been talking about, forgiveness takes time. Forgiveness doesn't happen right away. It's me over and over choosing to say, I forgive you. I forgive them. When the hurt, the pain, the memories come back up, and I still feel like I'm holding on to something, acknowledging it, and then just saying, but I forgive them. And that's how I forgive others. That's how I can receive forgiveness from others. Um, And so this week, as you walk through um, these seven statements with us, I invite you, when when pain, when hurt comes to mind, maybe it's from uh, many, many years that you, you stop and you say, I forgive you. And um, you stop and you say, I forgive them. So that you don't have to carry that pain anymore. This is our Holy Week podcast as we look through these seven statements and we meditate on them as we look towards Easter. So thanks for tuning in today and have a good rest of your day. The holy district is a growing network of people in pennsylvania and arizona uh, seeking to rediscover sacred and everyday places um, we're living integrated lives by the community for the community and with the community as we want everyone to experience jesus in a whole new way and if you are looking for a place to belong um, reach out. We'll help you get connected to our community gatherings. If you uh, need prayer or spiritual direction, you can find us online or on our Instagram messages and we'll set up a time to meet with you for that too. If you want to partner with us, you can go to holydistrict.org and um, give there as we seek financial sustainability. Thanks and have a good rest of your day.